Welcome back to Build and Tinker, a magic podcast where I build a deck and Russ tinkers a deck. So Russ, how have your games been this week? So it was, uh, it's was. it been a marathon game week. We played three and a half hours Monday night in one game. It was uh, quite an adventure. I played Prava and Ikra, and uh, there were four board wipes. Oh, I forgot to mention, there were actually five players. So I was the only one who did not wipe the board. We played it out for quite some time, and the deck actually managed to outlast everyone else. Yeah, that was a long, long marathon game. I think one person got out about three hours in and finally left. I got out about 10 minutes later. I did kind of a petty board wipe because why not? It was kind of a last chance to win. And yeah, I think we learned a lot about maybe not doing five-player games or being more aggressive with five-player games. That's probably the strategy. I think we had some control decks, and in a five-player game, control decks just take control and slow everything down a lot. Absolutely. And it... Uh... It definitely was uh, an adventure. Yeah, I'm glad to hear Prava and Ikra did well in that. And it seems to have been doing pretty well in general. But I know next week we're going to talk about tinkering the deck. But this week we want to talk about token strategies. So the idea here is last week we covered how Prava and Ikra was built and kind of one of the approaches to it. And we mentioned and alluded to there's multiple ways to build a token deck. And obviously this is a token deck given that what both commanders want to do. So what we want to talk about is kind of start with what Prava and Ikra did and then go through a few of the other strategies and maybe even touch a bit on, do we think this is viable? Uh, maybe with not spoilers, but we'll maybe a few spoilers for what next week might bring to us. And then we can kind of go from there. So how does that sound? That sounds great. So our first major token strategy, which is the one that Prava and Ikra are using here, is to go wide, produce a lot of tokens, build a wide board attack and gain life. Right. I think I think it works with this commander specifically because of that life gain. Obviously, token strategies going wide is a major strategy. It's one that's very obvious, but you have to be able to leverage that somehow. And a lot of times just attacking with a bunch of one ones, even five one ones, 10 one ones, it's not as powerful as even a, you know, six attack commander. It's going to be hard to get something. So that life gain kind of gives you that value what what Ikra brings to the table is going to kind of give that payoff. So I don't know, do you think this is feasible on any other type of command or just say, just go wide, that's all you want to do? Well, um, I've been playing the recent Elf Precon and it goes wide and it does pretty well. You know, that tribal aspect with the elves, there's several elves that get really big based on the number of elves, which we don't have that tribal aspect to this deck. So I feel like this strategy for these two commanders is really good. For the other token commanders I've played, maybe not. Yeah, the only one that I've had this go well on was with the warrior deck I had, where, um, you know, every time you attack, you produce a number of warriors attacking. But that was, you're right, mostly a tribal deck. It was a warrior deck. It wasn't what this is, which is just go wide. So one of the other options, in addition to going wide, would be anthems. What, what do anthems try to do to your wide board when you p put them into play? Well, they're looking to make the tokens that you're in putting into play better. You're either going to be looking to increase the power and toughness, or you're going to be looking for a way to enhance to make those tokens even better. There's definitely some key cards in that area. What are a few that you can think of that are going to increase that power and toughness? Yeah, I would definitely say anything that gives a plus one, plus one, plus two, plus two, your Benelish Marshal, uh, some creatures that do it, some enchantments, Force of Virtue, Beastmaster Ascension is very good. If you can get a handful of uh, counters onto it, you're going to get plus five, plus five. They will see it coming. Uh, Dictator Haliod, 
gives plus two, plus two. Really, anything that says that, you just kind of plop it on the board. And every time you have a token, it just keeps incrementing. One of the Planeswalkers that I really like has a ultimate that when it comes on the board with four, you ultimate it and you get a plus one, plus one emblem for the rest of the game. Right. And that's actually what allowed me to win on Monday. Um, I got that Planeswalker out, converted him into the emblem, and that allowed the plus ones that were finally getting on the board to get somewhere in the game. So that's definitely a, a key piece in Pravanikra. And at the cost of that Planeswalker, it and being able to ultimate out the gate for that emblem is fantastic. Right. And that's that's one of the Gideon Planeswalkers. There's like, I don't know, 10 Gideon Planeswalkers <laughs> at this point. But that one is my favorite one because he comes in with the exact number of loyalty you need to downtick him. And that makes it just super good to get him on the board and immediately get that emblem. And that emblem never goes away. And if you can recur him, you can get him two or three times. And I've actually played games where I've done that. And suddenly you have a plus three, plus three emblem basically sitting there. I would say some other ways, though, are just to enhance them, right? So instead of just giving them straight power and toughness, you can give them some keywords. So Intangible Virtue is one of those. It specifically focuses on tokens, actually. That gives tokens plus one, plus one and Vigilance. And Avon Windguide gives them Flying and Vigilance, which is actually very, very cool. Avon Windguide is a creature, so it can die, where Intangible Virtue is an enchantment. So a little bit easier to stick on the board, but both of those don't only provide value on the tokens, but also other creatures that you have in play. Right. And another example would be like uh, Garrick's Uprising, which in this deck isn't so great because most of the creatures are lower in power. Garrick's is the one that requires four. Right. So, but it gives trample, which is definitely something that tokens, especially these slightly larger tokens, are going to really, really like having. Let's see. And I know Samut gives haste also. Several of the Samut Planeswalker cards or creature cards give your creatures haste, and there's a handful of others that will do it as well. But haste with tokens is really good. If you can get 10 tokens on a turn and not have to wait to attack with them, I think that could be a viable strategy for this deck. And kind of where do you think these anthems might fit within Prava and Ikra? So one of the things that this deck has taught me is to be a little more patient with my play. Because of the fact that there's not haste, you can't throw out your tokens and expect something to happen immediately. So especially since people like to board wipe against a wide token deck, um, kind of building this up, finding ways to get an enchantment out that's going to be a boost to power and toughness or some sort of enhancement. Now, this deck doesn't have as many enhancement options as it does plus one, plus one. So kind of taking the time, being patient and playing these these out piece by piece kind of allows these tokens to stick a little longer and make this deck work. There aren't any a lot of cards that are just going to immediately boom make it happen immediately. So those are some of the things that maybe we're going to be talking about next week are some cards that we could move in to create a little bit bigger punch at, at a moment's notice. Right. And actually, when you look at the cards, Prava himself is a anthem, right? Because right. he gives the creatures plus one, plus four, or tokens rather. But actually, Ikra, I would say, is a form of an anthem because it's like a pseudo lifelink, right? Because you do get life gain on the toughness, not the not the power, but both of those are pretty much kind of fall in the Anthem deck. So by itself, they might actually be a bit of an Anthem deck out of it. But to your point, probably just need some help kind of along the way. So Ikra, you're, you're having to do that damage, obviously with Prava creating his 
one four anthem, which is fantastic for Icarus. So it, they're definitely a good combo there. And if you don't have Prava out, you have Icarus out, and you're playing some other anthem it's still going to be benefiting you because it's going to be increasing that toughness. Right. I think Anthems is definitely something this deck wants to do. But one thing we talked about last week that the deck, or at least I think the deck didn't want to do, was be Aristocrat, right? And in this strategy, you kill your own tokens for some value. But normally to kill your own tokens, you need to either attack and hope your opponents block or somehow force them to block. So more likely you're going to have some sack outlets in here. Right. So what do sack outlets typically do and what are some of the examples of them? So uh, sacrifice outlets um, are trying are giving you a way to destroy your own creature for value. You have Ashnod's Altar, which is allowing you to sacrifice to create mana. You have the Viscera Seer, which is a creature that's going to allow you to sacrifice Altar of Dementia. What these are often doing, especially in decks that are taking advantage of it, you know, pure aristocrat decks is you attack, you've made an attack against your opponent, your opponent goes to block, but before their creatures die, they sacrifice them to get some benefit. Or there's some payoff cards that could fit into that category where when you're sacrificing your own creature, it's having an impact on the other players at the table. Like Zulaport, Cutthroat, Cruel Celebrant, and Blood Artist are all cards that are some of those payoffs, right? So when one of your creatures die, you typically deal damage to an opponent, sometimes gain life, Sometimes you lose life and draw a card, but there's some way to say when I'm going to trigger the death and get that value. So I do like the idea, though, that you can attack and then before damage, you can sack them because if they don't block, then suddenly Pravanikrik will, will gain advantage off of that. If they do block, then you sack and you have this other advantage. Do you think maybe Aristocrat is a viable strategy here? Was I wrong when I said I didn't kind of like that approach? I think it would be a completely different build. I don't feel okay. like you could take the deck that we have, pull five cards, throw in some sacrifice outlets, and make it work. I think you have to go back and you would have to retool the whole deck to focus on a different strategy. Do I think it would be a viable strategy if the deck was built entirely and geared towards that? It's possible, but I don't necessarily think that's what these commanders want to do, even though they're in the right colors for it. Right, and, and speaking of colors, you almost always need black. Anytime you're doing an aristocrat token deck, you need black. You, you, I don't know if it's even possible to do a green-white aristocrat deck. I don't know that there are sack outlets other than the altars that are colorless. You're very limited where a lot of these are typically black, right? The black colors are the ones that want to not only sack outlets, but all the payoffs that we mentioned. And a lot of the payoffs in general are in black. So if you had any other token deck, I don't think it would work. You're right. I think this one could work. It becomes a much more complicated deck to play because you have to know when to attack, when to sack, when to have which trigger on board, make sure that card is on board before you attack. It, it kind of becomes a lot more complex strategy, I'll say, than just, you know, get a lot of creatures, attack, 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 board wipe, get more creatures on the board. Right. I mean, it, it does require a lot of thought. The deck as it is does require a little more thought than I than I initially thought that it would. Um, so there's, it, it's definitely, a, you already have to focus a little bit in how you're going wide, but then to add the, the additional dimension of knowing when to sacrifice, when to hold off on that, you know, it, so it's, it definitely adds a total another layer and if you're the kind of player that likes doing that then it might be a good place to try absolutely and actually speaking of kind of the color combo green and white i mentioned aren't very good for aristocrat but they are good for what i'm calling large tokens 
So this is where your populate mechanic comes in. So populate is a mechanic where when it triggers, you can make a copy of one of your tokens. So typically what you want is a very large creature on board, a 5-5 demon, a 4-4 rhino, a 3-3 beast, something larger than a bunch of 1-1 soldiers. And you make a copy of it and maybe give it haste, maybe not. But with populate, you can kind of make these copies. And, and Geared was a commander that came out a couple of years ago that was very popular with this because when he hit the board, he created a 4-4 Rhino Torque token. And then when he attacked, he populated. I know also, you know, Tristani, uh, Selesnya's voice populates on her card. There's um, a number of these, but all of these are green and white, maybe some red in there. There's almost zero black among most of these populate cards. What do you think about kind of large tokens? Would that work with Prava and, and Ikra? The one one of the large token generators is um, Rampaging Baloths, which is a 4-4. So uh, that's, you know, for this deck, that's a pretty large, pretty large token. Right. And then there's also the Obnixilis that has the downtick to create the 6-6 Demon. I think those are the two largest tokens um, that are in this deck. But with both of those, you only get one, right? You're not going wide. You're getting a single token. That's right. Um, okay. Rampaging Bailoths is triggering off, the, triggering off the landfall. And then Obnixilis obviously is down ticking. So right. you're creating a single. Um, so we are not creating a lot of large tokens with this deck. That was one of the reasons I didn't go this path. Because in order for Ikra to trigger, you have to do combat damage to a player. So without having Trample or a lot of flying or a lot of setup to get a bunch of 1-1s, somehow give them flying, somehow give them trample, get them pumped up. And obviously a 1-0 of the trample is not going to do anything. So in order for this to work, you'd have to have a lot of popular mechanics triggering almost every turn to get more tokens, to get more you know chance to do that damage. And I just don't know that you'd gain enough life off of a single 4-4 getting through where five 1-1s that are bumped up to be two fives are going to give you considerably more life. You know, this week's marathon game was a impressive example of that. I don't think my life total ever went below thirty six, and I ended the game at one one twenty five. So, that's, that's so crazy. <laughs> and you didn't even you didn't find your uh, you know magic cannon there to 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 nuke anybody. I know we were trying to to hopefully you would get there to take some players out of the game, but you never got there. Which is kind of like you're sitting in all this life, which is great because now they got to get through the life, but. You couldn't really take advantage of it, which I think is maybe something we'll talk about next week with, you know, do you need more of the ways to take advantage of that massive amount of life that you've gained? And I think almost every time you played this, you don't drop below 35. Yeah, it's either a lot of life or dead. <laughs> so. right, right. Exactly, exactly. So the the last thing to kind of talk about as far as token strategies is mixing all of this together. Right, we know Pravanikra are already anthems. They they enhance your tokens. We know they want tokens. We talked about how going large is a strategy that you may be able to get several large creatures on to do some strong damage. Aristocrat could work if you retweak the deck. You could go, um, just go wide, kind of like how we originally built the deck. The question is, and we talked about this. Do you think you can do all of it? Can you have sack outlets and populate mechanics and large tokens and wide tokens and anthems? Can you do all that in 50 cards, 40 cards? I don't think so. At least not efficiently. I think you'll end up with that deck that tries to do everything and fails. Right. And it's kind of interesting because I think pick two and it probably works. You can go wide with Aristocrat and you don't care about the Anthems because you want to sack your creatures, right? Right. Could you, could you do Anthems and large tokens? Do you think that could work? 
Absolutely. Maybe not with these commanders, but that's definitely a viable strategy. Right. And I mean, aristocrat and large tokens, probably not the best approach because if you have three tokens and you want to sack them, you just lost your board. I mean, you're basically self board wiping. Right. So, you know, and that, and that's an interesting idea is there's so many ways to build these decks. And that was one reason we started the podcast was you can get stuck in, Oh, I'm going to go this route. Oh, I'm going to go this route. I'm going to go this route. I'm going to go that route. And what you end up with is either a deck that doesn't work because it's doing everything or you never finish the deck. Right. And that's really the point of this podcast is get a build on the table and figure out if that works. Right. That is 100% the truth. I can't get a build on the table because I try to go in too many directions and then I have to, to work hard to narrow it down to find exactly what I want to do. This is just a super helpful way, especially for people that don't build a lot of decks or are just looking for a way to think about building decks differently. Yeah, and I also like the approach of a lot of the pre-cons deal with tokens. You, you mentioned the elf deck. You've played that straight out of the box at least half a dozen times now, and it is very competitive out of the box. And I know we've talked about how are you going to tweak it and make it better. And in some cases, it's kind of hard because it does what it wants to do very well. And any changes might kind of change the soul of the deck. Right. I tried to make some elf changes See what I did there? I and did. <laughs> what I what you run into with that is there are a lot of elven lords and there are a lot of anthems in that deck, and you end up maybe making it a little too difficult to sacrifice your elves. So so made some changes in that direction. And I like the deck. It plays fairly quickly. So I feel like it's one that you can tweak in lots of different directions fairly inexpensively and and find what you're looking for because it is tribal. Right, it is tribal, and and you know not to get too much onto that deck, but the Lanawar Ab- Abomination of Lanawar, right? The one that just came out with Commander, um, was it Commander Legends? One of these ones where basically it gets bigger for the for every elf on the table and in the graveyard. Well, tokens don't live in the graveyard, so but they do on the table. So it's one of those: do you go a token deck with that route? Do you just go a bunch of elf cards that can end up in the graveyard? Do you do self mill, kind of you know? that th- there's so many ways to build decks. It's just kind of crazy. And, and you're right. You have to pick one, get it on the board and then go from there. And in this case, I think you were talking about making aristocrats with, with Prava and Ikra. If you did that, maybe it is 50% of the deck is different. Right. And, and I think that would be, that would probably be the case. Um, but I do like your idea of maybe choosing two and, <laughs> and going with that because one strategy isn't always going to get you to the, to the end game, especially with tokens. Right. I think that's absolutely the case. And it's probably honestly the case with most decks. And I think maybe we will try in the future to build a deck that has only one win con right now. I think that pretty much is going to wrap up this show. So next week we're going to talk about what you actually did change with Pava and Ico and kind of what those weaknesses were and get that final rating on, is this a deck you want to keep? So any hints you want to drop on that right now? I think we're going to be making some changes that might be a little surprising just based on the just based on the play that we've been able to have with the deck and I'm hoping to put this tweak deck in Nick's hands so he can get a couple games on Monday before we talk about it again. Awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Well, in the meantime, where can everybody find you, Russ? I'm on Twitter at virus25. It's v y r u s s 25. And I am at NagEddy83, N-A-G-8-3 on Twitter. You can find us at MTG Build Tinker on Twitter. And email us, mtgbuildandtinker at gmail.com. And stick with us next week when we talk about tweaking Prava and Ikoshibiki. See you guys later. <laughs>